Welcome into the On3 Studios here in Nashville, Tennessee. It is the inside scoop and we are back at it. Last night, there was a major flip that went down. So we got a special show. We're covering it all, all the recent developments, as we always do on the show. And we're also going to set the table for what should be a really exciting three-week run to the early signing day, which is on December 20th. Now, things got popping last night. We're going to talk about it. But right now, we are live on this beautiful Thursday morning. So, you know, tap in. Let me know where you are watching from. Comment section below. As always, let's clock in, lock in, and let's get this show started. So, how are we going to get started? Let's take a look at the current top 10 rankings. UGA number one, Ohio State number two, Florida State number three, Florida four, Alabama five. No major changes so far. As I promised, we're going to get there, though. Six is Oregon. Still no major changes yet. Seven, Texas. Okay. Eight, Oklahoma. Nine, Miami. Wait, Miami? How did Miami get into the top 10? They were like at 14 yesterday. Then you got Notre Dame at number 10, which means Texas A&M is now slid outside of the top 10. So Miami must have done something big to move up five spots and get in there. They did. Just give me a second. But Notre Dame, they go from nine to 10, so still hanging on to a top 10 spot. But the Aggies, they are out of the top 10. They were at number six when Jimbo Fisher got fired. Now slid out of the top 10. Can Mike Elko get them back in? We will see. But the story here is Miami Hurricanes moving up five spots overnight. And they did it with a flip of an Ohio State five-star. I know what you're thinking. They flipped Jeremiah Smith. No, they didn't. I know. It's an Ohio State five-star flip, not named Jeremiah Smith. Instead, it was another massive five-star, Justin Scott, defensive lineman, the number 11 ranked player in the entire country. It's 7 p.m. last night, Chad Simmons of On3 broke the news that Justin Scott was flipping his commitment from the Buckeyes to the Canes. I caught up with Chad moments after the report went public, and here's what he said. You know, I think it was more Justin Scott just keeping Miami in the back of his mind. He watched the season play out for Miami. Uh, Miami didn't, you know, flood his, you know, DMs or mm -hmm. text him all the time or call every day and really try to, you know, overwhelm him to let him know that, hey, we're still here. We're still interested. But I think Justin Scott, when he committed to Ohio State, you know, kept Miami in the back of his mind, watched the season, uh, saw some progression. Um, and then he initiated contact with Miami a couple of weeks ago. It kind of took off pretty quickly from there, had a couple of serious talks with mom and people in his camp and decided he wanted to be a Miami hurricane. So did you guys see that one coming? What other big surprises are on the way? Let me know comment section below what you think the next big surprise will be in recruiting. A few things that I'm tracking right now. I don't know if they're the biggest surprises, but tight end Roger Saliapega, one of the top remaining uncommitted tight ends, he's coming off the board soon, and it's Michigan or Oregon. Tennessee also involved there, but I think the Ducks have a good shot here. Also, cornerback Kai Bates in the state of Florida, he recently, he's a four-star, he decommitted from LSU. That was about a month ago. Now it's down to Tennessee or FSU. It sounds like Bates could be coming off the board in the next 24 to 48 hours. So let me know where you guys think they're headed. Also, uh, no, actually, that's really it on my radar heading into the weekend. But today's show is packed. We're talking UF recruiting as Billy Napier tries to hang on to that top five recruiting class. We'll also talk FSU with Warchan expert Michael Langston. And we go out to Oregon and check in with Justin Hopkins on the Ducks' most important targets between now and National Signing Day. All right, let's get it started. 
Major shakeup on the Florida Gator coaching staff and what will the recruiting fallout be in this video? I got Gators online recruiting insider Keith Niebuhr. He's going to join me to break down the dismissal of UF coaches Corey Raymond and Sean Spencer and how it could impact UF's top defensive commitments. We're going to get into it, but first, UF fans, hit subscribe. There's a lot to talk about between now and early signing day. Make sure you're on board. Hit the subscribe button for me, please. Okay. Let's bring on Keith Niebuhr from Gators Online. And Keith, news hit Monday evening that major changes were taking place on the Gator coaching staff. What was the initial reaction from some of Florida's top defensive commitments and targets? Yeah, it's never boring in Gainesville, Josh. And uh, nope. you know, when that news broke Monday night, uh, you know, we reached out to as many recruits as possible, commitments, uh, kids that uh, were targets, and they all kind of said the same thing. They were surprised, uh, but that they were going to, kind of take that wait and see approach, which I think is what you have to do. If you're right. a recruit, you, you can't just uh, have these knee jerk type reactions. So uh, a lot of them had been, uh, have been since been informed or, or talked to the staff about this stuff. Some of them hadn't at that time, but they're, they're willing to wait it out and, uh, and see what happens. But overall, just a, a lot of surprise. Uh, but as one target, Gregory Smith, four-star safety, said, hey, I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised in a sense. I mean, it's the business. And so these kids are a lot more savvy sometimes than we think. You know, they, they follow Twitter. They follow social media. They, they see that changes are part of the college football landscape. Yeah, and, you know, the Gators missed a bowl game, so there's going to be yeah. some fallout from that. And so far on the defensive side, Billy Napier's decided to make some changes. But – I was on Gators Online message board on Monday, and even before the news hit, Keith, you posted a note that things could be heating up between Texas and top safety commit Xavier Philsame. So what are you hearing today after his primary recruiter, Corey Raymond, has been fired? Yeah, nothing really new, to be honest with you. Again, a little bit more wait and see, but we know that Texas has been pushing. He took kind of a surprise. I don't want to say – I guess it wasn't a huge surprise, but he, he snuck in a visit – Actually, Josh Snuck makes it sound like that, that he was being sneaky about it. Let me rephrase this. He took a visit to Austin last week, right? Uh, but he also ended up in Gainesville over the weekend. And uh, one of their other defensive targets, a kid named Dylan Evans out of Texas, who's a Texas A&M commit, said, hey, the two people that were recruiting me the hardest were Florida's five-star quarterback commit, DJ Lagway, and Xavier Phil Samine. So, you know, as of Saturday night, he was still recruiting pretty heavily for Florida, but Texas has made it appealing. You know, his father, he lives in Texas. His father is in Texas with him. His mother's in Florida. He liked the idea of getting back to Florida, getting back to home where he had lived uh, as a child. But Texas is making it interesting. They offered late in the game, so to speak, uh, earlier this fall. But he visited. They're going to try to get him back. And, uh, you know, people seem to think that, Texas has to be watched here, and, and we believe that as well. Now, I, I guess he is still telling uh, other recruits that, you know, hey, I'm in on Florida right now, but, you know, things change fast. Again, Josh, it's going to be a case where he's going to want to see who his new coach is going to be, right? So if you're Billy Napier right now, you're telling him, look, don't worry, trust me, I'm going to hire somebody good. But at the end of the day, I'm sure Xavier is going to want to see what the situation looks like. Now, you know Billy Napier is going to be in his ear. You know the defensive coordinator, Austin Armstrong, is going to be in his ear. You know DJ Lagway and other commits are going to be in his ear. Uh, but ultimately, he's going to take a look at that situation and say, okay, how do I fit in with this new guy? And, and how do I click with this new guy? Uh, so it's probably going to be a battle. I, I, we thought it would be a battle before this, and now we're almost certain of it. 
Yeah, uh, Gator staff definitely in his ear already. And, you know, he's saying and doing some of the right things, but you also know that Texas staff yeah. is going to be in his ear as well. So we'll just have to see how the next couple weeks go. But hey, UF doesn't have to hold out that much longer. Signing day is December 20th. All right, moving on. LJ McCray, the number one defensive lineman in America. Miami, we know FSU still involved there. Two teams still trying to chase him down. What impact do you think the firing of defensive line coach Sean Spence will have on D on LJ McCray? Minimal. And I'll tell you why. For the simple fact that LJ McCray, even though he's listed as a defensive lineman, Josh, Florida's been recruiting him as an edge, all right, like as a stand-up pass rusher. So what does that mean? Well, that means that Sean Spencer, the outgoing defensive line coach, wasn't his primary recruiter and okay. wouldn't be his position coach. That's Mike Peterson, Gator legacy. Mike Peterson, who was an All-American uh, with the Gators, long NFL career, uh, and now is the edge slash outside backers coach. So all along in his recruitment, LJ McCray said, this is the guy I'm closest with at Florida, Mike Peterson. I think he likes Sean Spencer. But again, he wouldn't be his position coach and he wasn't his primary recruiter. And that's also a Billy Napier production, too. That's also one where he's such a high value guy. Same with Xavier Phil Uh He's such a high value guy that it's going to be Billy Napier. It's going to be Austin Armstrong, the defensive coordinator. And then, of course, Mike mm -hmm. Peterson. Those are going to be the primary guys recruiting him. And as of right now, Florida feels like it's got the momentum to hold him in the class. Uh, you know, yeah. Josh, they didn't win those. They didn't win those last few games. But anyone who watched that Florida-Florida State game could objectively take away from it that maybe the margin isn't as significant as records might suggest. So I think L.J. McCray is being sold on the idea that, hey, they're close. And we'll see. I don't know whether they are or aren't, but I think you can make that reasonable argument that, that they could be and, and certainly a recruit could buy into that. Yeah, it's definitely all hands on deck when it comes to LJ yeah. McCray recruitment. Uh, let's stay at Daytona Beach Mainland High School and talk about four-star safety Zay Mincy. He's uncommitted, one of the top uncommitted DBs, not only in the state of Florida, but also the entire country. Uh, his primary recruiter, Corey Raymond, he's gone. We already talked about that. Where do you think the Gators stand now with Zay Mincy? What does this do for his recruitment to UF? Yeah, again, Josh, it's another one. It's just wait and see. It's just wait and see. But, you know, it's funny. You're getting so many different – how do I say this? This has been one of those recruitments where you're hearing so many different – leaderboards, I guess. I mean, Florida's one constant. Everybody seems to talk about Florida, but has FSU made a, a surge? Uh, where is Alabama and all this? He visited there this fall. Right. seems to have liked it. Miami. So you hear different things. You know, uh, there are some schools that think Florida's not as big of a factor as others. Um, you know, obviously Chad Simmons, who works with us at On3, wrote uh, earlier uh, Tuesday that he thought he was hearing more chatter about Florida and Miami than the other schools. So uh, but again, with Corey Raymond leaving, we just don't know. There are some people, Josh, who thinks who think that he might want to follow L.J. McCray to school, so that would bode well for Florida. Yeah. But I think you know, this is a guy that's not going to announce until January 6th, but he's going to make a decision before then. He's probably going to sign December 20th. I, I, you know, he's visited Florida more than anywhere else. He's comfortable there. I feel like if he if, if they can get a new defensive backs coach and they click early, he could still end up in Gainesville. But I, I really truly believe it's anyone's guess where he's going to end up right now. I, I don't I don't know how anyone could follow his recruitment uh, every day and say they have a good read on the polls. Quite frankly, <laughs> yeah, Man. I follow it every day and I do not have well, do a great read on where Zay Mincy's going to go. Uh, but I do agree. I think Florida and probably Miami are the, no. probably the two front runners, and I'd probably say. 
Alabama's that dark horse, you know, the out-of-state team. Sure. If they can get him back on campus before the signing day, then then maybe they do emerge as one of the favorites. But for now, I agree with you, UF and Miami. All right. Uh, while all this chaos is happening on the defensive side of the ball, on offense, the Gators are, are getting aggressive. And they are trying to flip running back Jaden Ball, who has been committed to Arkansas, uh, but they're in on him. What are you hearing? What's the latest? Can the Gators get yeah. this one done? First of all, let me just say he's a really good player. I finally got to see him play, Josh. And, and I guess the phrase football player really applies to this guy. Uh, the game I was at last Friday night, I think he had, I want to say, 13 touches, 13, 14 touches, 285 yards, three plays of over 50 yards, a 90-yard touchdown run. He dove for an interception. He pass blocked incredibly well. I mean, the guy does everything. So he's a legit four-star player, which on three just moved him up to that four-star rank. So what do we hear about his recruitment? Well, He's visited Florida a couple times this year, most recently early in November for the Arkansas game, of all things. And even though Arkansas won, he came away from that visit really feeling that Florida vibe. He plans to return the weekend of December 8th for an official visit. Florida feels like it has some momentum. People close to him absolutely view Florida as a legitimate threat. And people may say, well, what, you know, Arkansas is not exactly – coming off a great season either. Mm -hmm. What would keep him with Arkansas? Uh, well, the running backs coach uh, was one of the most well-liked people in college football, a guy named Jimmy Smith. And, and he once was the head coach at Ellenwood High School in Atlanta, which is only six miles from Jaden Boss School. So he knows the lay of the land in Atlanta. He's built a great relationship with Jaden Boss. Jaden Boss sticks with Arkansas. It's going to be largely from what we're told, because of his relationship with Jimmy Smith. But Florida feels like, again, it has some momentum. There's optimism, maybe even a tinge of confidence going into this official visit in a couple of weeks. I think they got a good shot. He's a hell of a player, too. Mm, all right, well, a lot going on. I know you said it when you got on here, but you weren't lying. There is a lot going on when it comes to Gator recruiting. And Keith Niebuhr, thank you for dropping by today on the Inside Scoop covering it all. Yeah, I appreciate it, Josh. Thank you, man. Florida State flipped five-star defensive lineman Armando Blunt last month from Miami, but rumors are already swirling that Blunt and Miami are back in contact. So in this video, we're going to find out if there's trouble with Blunt's commitment to FSU. I'm bringing on Warchan insider Michael Langston to talk about the impact of FSU's 12-0 season and how the Knolls could finish down the stretch. Some five-star flips on the radar. All right, but first, FSU fans, hit subscribe to the On3 Recruits channel. I'm trying to grow this thing, want you to be a part of it, so hit subscribe for me, please. All right, let's bring on my guy, Michael Langston from War Chant. Yeah. Mike, we're going to hit on Armando Blunt in a second. We're going to talk all about that mm -hmm. drama, but first, five-star LJ McRae committed to UF over FSU about a month ago, but last night, UF fired their defensive line coach, Sean Spence, primary recruiter on McRae. Is FSU still in contact? Is this recruitment still alive? Oh yeah, they're they're very involved, uh, and uh, th I think this from the FSU circles. I wouldn't say the FSU staff, but I'd say the FSU circles. They felt like this was coming, that you know, uh, that would be uh, opening there. So they knew, um, you know, they've stayed on him pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Obviously, uh, he committed to Florida for for several reasons. I know Florida's looking different angles and trying to use that. Um, certainly, I'm really focused on who the hire is. I think that really is going to. Tell a lot uh, that if there's not a tie to LJ McRae, I think this thing's going to get uh, pretty interesting. Um, if, if it's not somebody that has a history with him, um, so, but if it is, 
get, but if it is, then I think they can they can calm the storm and they could probably keep him. But if it's not somebody, I think FSU is always been a school that was high on his mind and what their season's doing. They're tearing it up, 12-0, going to play for an ACC title, maybe the college football playoff. So I think really, to me, it's the higher. All right. Now, there is some confidence coming out of Gainesville that they can hold on to LJ McCray. Do you think it's important or do you think it's mandatory that FSU gets him back on campus before the early signing period if they hope to flip him? I don't think it's necessary for them to get him on campus. I think uh, he knows what they are. He's visited FSU, I think, probably more than any other place. He knows how he feels about those guys, that staff, Mm -hmm. JP, Norvell. Um, all the guys that have been involved uh, heavily in his recruitment. It would help it, uh, Josh, if you had them on campus because it's always a surge when you get them on campus. I know they they would like to get him on campus. They're trying uh, you know, to see if he'll, he want to stop by and just uh, you know spend you know a weekend or a day there uh, or whatnot. But um, I don't think it's imperative for them to land him. I think a lot of it for me is just in a lot of their confidence is kind of who, who they might hire. If you look at the Florida side of stuff of there's confidence that they could keep them. But I, I think really it's going to depend on that hire. And he's got to be somebody that he, he either believes in or there is ties to him uh, for, because that a lot of uh, recruiting when you do this stuff and you're making decisions is about the relationships. And two, we have to, I mean, there's to be clarity of what Florida is going to do as far as, uh, you know, their defensive coordinator, if that's, if that's an issue that could become open later. So mm-hmm. I think that's something that uh, a lot of factors that go into the Florida stuff. Yeah. All right. Another five-star flip that's on our radar is Jeremiah Smith, the five-star wide receiver, the number one wide receiver in the country, committed to Ohio State. Now, he was on UF's campus Saturday to watch that Florida State win. What are you hearing on Smith coming out of this weekend? I think it's been kind of similar to what we had from the Miami game. There's some momentum building. I think it's realistic now. It's the first time I've heard where it was realistic stuff within FSU. Like, hey, like from the FSU side, it's like, yeah, we can actually pull this off. I think really FSU is the only team, in my opinion, that I've seen, that I've heard, that can pull a flip when it comes to Jeremiah Smith. I I personally think it's FSU, Ohio State. I know Florida and Miami are both involved. Uh, Talked about maybe visiting Florida, but I think when you factor in everything, the season, the product, um, the relationships that Jeremiah has with this FSU staff, it's just, it's a very special one. And two, just, um, just the way they use the receivers, uh, I think really, uh, really impacts a guy like Jeremiah Smith. So I'm going to keep a close eye. I think we're going to know just about everything or close to it when he takes that official visit on that December 8th weekend, which is their big, you know, recruiting weekend of the year. Yeah. I expect double digit uh, official visitors for that weekend. Uh, So Mm. it's going to be a big weekend following, you know, a potential uh, ACC championship. Yeah, so probably nothing going to go down between now and then, but that official visit to FSU in early December, that'll be the thing to watch right there. All right, we got to talk Armando Blunt. You guys all remember him. He was the 2025 five-star, committed to Miami. That was before he made a early October visit to Florida State. He enters the weekend as a 2025 recruit committed to Miami. He exits the weekend as a 2024 recruit. He reclassified, and he flipped his commitment to FSU. So... With signing day only about three weeks away, Armando Blunt, the rumors are swirling that he's been in contact with Miami. 
How should FSU mm -hmm. fans feel here, Mike? Is there concern that you could actually flip back to the Canes? I don't think there's heavy concern. I think there's slight, anytime there's, I'd say, slight concern for me. Um, mm -hmm. I, I talk to a lot of different contacts when it comes to Armando, both from close to Armando and people, you know, from the FSU side and even the people, you know, from the Miami side. And the consensus, a, a lot of it was like, look, you got to watch this. You got to monitor it. I think um, my thing is, is he going to take a visit there? Is he going to take official visit there? I think uh, we know he's going to have one to FSU. Um, so I think really just the key is just what what materializes from this this stuff of chatter. We know he's talked to him and met with him. Uh, we know FSU has also rebuttaled and and stayed in contact with him and 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 that they feel they know that it's it's a it, they knew it was going to be a battle until this until uh, Armando signed. I mean, it's just what it is. That's I mean, they're a five star in their backyard. They're going to go after him. So there is a little you're know, a little buzz as far as uh, you know at least keeping the door open. Um, but as of now, right now, I think I think FSU and the people around Blunt feel um, that they still feel good about FSU. I mean, that's the kind of the consensus I got. But it's something we would have to monitor in the coming weeks because there could be visits. There could be, you know, different twists and he might visit somewhere else. I mean, you don't know. Yeah. It's just, uh, you have to, it's just, you have to monitor the next few weeks of how it goes, but certainly it is a concern to a degree, but I, I wouldn't put it like high concern. I would just say, you know, slight concern as far as okay. right now. So FSU fans need to keep it on the radar. Is he slated right. to be a part of that December eight big visit weekend? That's the wording I've got, that, that that was the weekend they expect him. So, yeah, I probably expect him in that December 8th weekend. Now, that could alter and shift. Yeah. If uh, they feel like Miami could want to get that last visit, FSU might just say, no, we want you on December 16th. We're good. You know, and make sure that's ironed out. But they're really good at doing those details, FSU, with when the kids visit in, in, in the proper time. I think we saw that a lot during the K.J. Bolden uh, recruitment. They really just set their visits up, still have an official with him. So I think they'll do kind of a similar thing with Armando. They're going to make sure they protect themselves. But, uh, yeah, they know that Miami is going to still battle until the end. Yeah, this is where recruiting strategy comes into play, and you see all the yep. pieces moving on the board. But we'll see how it shakes out. That big visit weekend, FSU fans will have an eye on it to see one. Jeremiah Smith's there. If Armando Blunt's there, hey, maybe LJ McCray could get crazy yep. up there in Tallahassee. Mike Langston from Warchant, thanks for stopping by today on the Inside Scoop. Anytime, man. Signing day sprint today. We're talking Oregon's most important recruiting targets and duck fans. We're going to get to it in a minute, but first, hit subscribe to the On Through Recruits channel. We have a lot to cover between now and signing day, and you need to be a part of it. So hit subscribe for me, please. All right. Now, our signing day sprint series, the regular season is over. A lot of fans maybe didn't even follow recruiting during the season, but we're going to make it real simple for you by hitting on the most important targets. All right, let's bring on Justin Hopkins from Scoop Duck. And when it comes to most important, looking at this list, we'll just start at the top. Five-star offensive tackle, Jordan Seaton. Now, he has been out to Eugene. He's expressed interest in the Ducks. But what is it going to take for Oregon to close on the number one offensive tackle in America? Uh, well, it's probably going to take money, first of all, but uh, he'll get a generous NIL deal. But no, really, you know, I think if you're Oregon and the other top schools that are that are continuing to fight for mm -hmm. Seton, 
uh, it's gonna you're just chopping wood right now right you're just kind of yeah. keeping keeping at it trying to stay in the thick of things maybe saying the right thing whatever it catches I think the biggest key for Oregon specifically, specifically is the fact that he has not used his official visit to Oregon yet. So, of course, if you're the Ducks, you've got to get him back on campus. Last time when he visited as well, he didn't bring any family with him. So I think that's another element that Oregon's really got to prioritize. Get him out for that official visit. Bring the decision makers with him and really roll out the red carpet. So that's what's on the line for Oregon. But until that visit takes place, like I said, you're just trying to stay in the race right now. Yeah. And, you know, everybody will have a very competitive NIL deal waiting for him. So I do think that it comes down to relationships and Oregon, one of those programs that has a great relationship with the big man, Jordan Seaton. All right, let's move on to another five-star target on this board. Now, the only problem here is Xavier Philsame is committed to UF. Gators had a down season. So Justin, what are you hearing on Oregon's chances to flip Xavier Philsame? Another recruit that, you know, they've just kind of laid in the weeds and kept chopping wood at. And, you know, again, really a little different than Seton. Your look, Phil Same has visited Oregon previously, but it was in the spring. So you right. need to get him back on campus now. It needs to be a fall visit, uh, whether it's an official or unofficial, whatever the case might be. You've got to get him out for a visit. You know, I know Texas is another team making a ton of noise there and might even be the team to beat right now. You know, the Gators moved on uh, with their secondary coach, Coach Raymond, which surprised myself and probably a lot of folks around college football. So I think that opens the door a little bit more. So uh, mm -hmm. the Ducks, I don't think need a big quantity of safeties in this class. They're looking for quality. And that's, of course, why you, you would, uh, you know, continue to recruit a guy like Xavier Philsame. I think the Ducks are top three. I think it's obviously Florida, Texas and Oregon. But um, who's the team to beat right now is anyone anyone's guess. Yeah, hey, the Sharks are in the water as the Gators did not make a bowl game, and they're just trying to hold on to what is still a top-five class. But if Phil Same makes a decision to go elsewhere, that's a big hit to that class. All right, let's move on to wide receiver Gatlin Bear. Now, he is committed to Boise State, but a recent visit to Michigan has people buzzing. Do you think that Oregon can flip him, or do you think Michigan's in the driver's seat right now? Yeah, I would. I mean, both Oregon and Michigan have had him on campus uh, in the last few weeks. I know Gatlin Bears, uh, you know, somebody likes to keep his recruitment very close to his vest. Yeah, I would be stunned if he signed with Boise State right now. Hmm. Uh, you know, I just think the relationships there with the coaches that, you know, were dismissed are a big part of that. And I think Michigan and Oregon never let up. Um, there's also discussion about him not taking uh, his mission right out of high school, which has those schools even more intrigued now. So I think Michigan might have the slight upper hand, but I do believe Oregon is right there in the thick of things, right there in the mix. And a, a, a return visit to Oregon once again, uh, once this uh, Pac-12 championship game is, is done, uh, would not surprise me at all. This is a guy, Gatlin Bear, that is, that Oregon prioritized. They love him. They love his game. Mm -hmm. They love his speed. Like, this is a guy that they think is a, is a day one difference maker. So I, I think the Ducks, you know, are a little bit behind Michigan right now, but I think it's pretty close. Yeah, and competition for him is really heating up down the stretch. You can tell signing day is right around the corner. All right, now one more prospect we need to hit on, and they, that is on the defensive line. Jericho Johnson it would be a big need. And right now, Oregon is trending heavily on the recruiting prediction machine at over 95%. So how have they gotten in position to close on Jericho Johnson. And also, when does he make his decision? Oregon has had the most success with Jericho Johnson getting him on campus the most. And as you and I both know, that's a big, big win yeah. right there. 
you know, they've been able to get him on. I, I'd have to look at the number, but it's three or four times mm. here this fall. And I'm, I'm not sure he's taken more than one or two other trips total uh, anywhere else in that span. So, you know, Oregon has been consistent there. And then the product on the field, right? If you're a defensive lineman and you're out west and you say, hey, I really don't want to go east of Texas, where are you going to go? Well, you look at that defense that Dan Lanning's putting on the field, especially with that front, Brandon Dorless, uh, you know, Jordan Birch, those guys really excelling this season at defensive line. It, it certainly feels like the place to go. So I, I think all of, the, all of those elements really have Oregon in the driver's seat. Uh, frankly, to be honest, I'm not even sure it's all that close anymore. I think the Ducks are, are in really great position. And, and as for Johnson, it looks like he'll make his uh, commitment uh, on early signing day uh, on that Wednesday. So I believe it's late afternoon. So that's when he's poised to make his decision. Wouldn't surprise me if, if maybe he changes it just before that, because that can be a very hectic day. But right now he's slated to do it in December. Mm. All right, Duck fans, what do you think? Let me know in the comment section below how many of these targets can Oregon land and also who are your most important recruits as we head down to signing day? Let me know, comment section below. Justin Hopkins, thank you for dropping by the inside scoop today and filling us in on Oregon's most important recruiting targets. Thank you, Josh. Thank you for watching. If you enjoyed that content, be sure to subscribe to the On3 Recruits channel. We have a new page dedicated only to recruiting. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button right now.